Well, good evening and welcome to Maranatha on this Christmas Eve 2022. We are so glad that you're with us this evening. I'm Pastor Tony, one of the pastors here at Maranatha, and uh, so good to see all of you, uh, regular faces as well as friends and family that are joining as well here to celebrate the birth of our Savior this weekend. Uh, we're so glad that you're with us, and we hope that uh, regardless of how your year has been, whether it's been one of incredible joys and celebrations or one of of loss and difficulty. We pray that this season is one uh, where you are reminded together with us of the joy in the beauty of Christ coming to earth, taking on flesh, dwelling among us, living that perfect sinless life that we might have hope of salvation. And is that that we rejoice in together as the church um, here this Christmas Eve service. I just want to welcome you, and I I invite you to stand and uh, join us as we sing these familiar songs together in worship of our King.
Welcome to our Christmas Eve and then Christmas service. And those watching in line, we want to welcome you. We wish we could be with you. And I know that some of you have a variety of reasons why you can't be here. Some of you might even be on vacation down south where there's no snow. Why would you celebrate Christmas like that? That's okay. So what is Christmas about? So if you could do me a favor and raise your hand if you enjoy this aspect of Christmas. Vacation days. How many of you like vacation days? Well, yeah, some hands are very high on that one, right? Some of you are tired of like, that's every day, okay. Vacation days. Or no school days. Students, no school? Yes, absolutely. Look at that. All right, great. All right, all right. What about this? Snow. How many enjoy snow during Christmas? Maybe not in February. Or anything. Okay, most of you good. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't live here. Maybe you're visiting and, okay, yep, snow. What about parties, like Christmas parties? Yeah, I enjoy those. I enjoy those. What about fun food, right? Like eggnog or something like that. I enjoy all the variety of foods that we have during the Christmas season. What about the Christmas music? 
Wait, let me just check. How many of you enjoy Christmas music starting in November? Okay, now I know who you are. All right, all right. How many of you enjoy, here it is, this will be most hands, of course, Christmas gifts, the receiving and giving of Christmas gifts. Yes. How about family gatherings? Please raise your hand even if you're next to someone. Yeah, that's your, your, your spouse or your brother or sister. Yeah, okay. Yes, these are many aspects of Christmas. Many fun parts that we enjoy. Exciting aspects of celebrating the Christmas season. And many of these are awesome. Yet, it is the birth of Christ that is the main reason we have Christmas. And sometimes we get distracted by those other things, but it truly is about Christ. It is the birth of Christ. And I love that we have many ways to celebrate the birth of Christ. Of all the events, it's interesting, of all the events, when you look through Scripture, of all the life events of Jesus Christ, His birth, always death and resurrection, His ascension, of all the events we read, it is only His death and resurrection that we are told to celebrate. Even though we're not commanded in the Bible to celebrate His birth, Christmas, we still do. And we have a variety of ways to celebrate His birthday. Just like you have a variety of ways of celebrating birthdays in your family. It is His birth that has inspired many songs, candy canes, many parties, and all the elements of Christmas. And the best parts of Christmas celebrations are the ones that focus on Jesus. And we love to celebrate the incarnation of Jesus. In fact, what we're going to do this evening is I'm going to go through and light each of these candles. These are the Advent candles that we've been lighting. And I'm going to kind of go through this talking about each of the candles, and then going through the famous passage, Luke chapter 2. So if you have a Bible, turn to Luke chapter 2. There's Bibles in front of you, and we will have it on the screen for you. We're going to go through this. Even the lighting of the candles are a reflection of the meaning of Christmas. His birth. So the first one that we lit together as a church was the hope candle. Here's what I have written down. The message of hope in the Old Testament is the real expectation that God will send a unique king from the line of David, a Savior who will bring God's blessings to His people and to the nations of the world. And the Old Testament is all about that pointing to the beauty of this Messiah. Let's begin in Luke chapter 2, this famous passage here. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree, this is Luke chapter 2, verse 1, issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Luke, who wrote this, he's one of the historians that we have in the Bible. And I love how Luke establishes the reality and the time of the birth of Jesus Christ. Mentions Caesar Augustus, 
the leader at that time of the Roman world. In fact, he's the first Roman Empire emperor. Augustus in Latin means great. It means majestic. It means reverence. So even in this guy's name, he's put aside as someone very important. He was called the Savior of Rome. That's why he's the first emperor. Yet the hope and possibility for Rome to be this great place forever to save Rome through this guy, guess what? It was short-lived. He only, his reign only lasted from 31 B.C. to 14 A.D. That was his time period. In fact, using B.C. and A.D. shows that the birth of the next person I'm going to talk about changed the world and is lasting compared to this guy. What a contrast between Caesar Augustus, a great commander, a statesman, a political leader of the Roman world at the time, then we have the birth of Jesus. We have a very simple family on their journey. About 70 miles they traveled. A, born, a child born in humility. It was Jesus who would bring a greater and lasting salvation compared to what? Caesar Augustus. A lasting statement they thought would be the Savior of Rome didn't make it. In fact, the Old Testament prophets predicted and said that the Messiah would come from the house of David. See, that's written here already. Luke says that. The hope of true lasting salvation was coming. This was the hope. In Micah chapter 5, the prophet foretold that a Messiah would come from a small and seemingly insignificant town of Bethlehem. And we hear from Micah chapter 5, verses 2 through 5. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, are only a small village among the people of Judah. Yet a ruler of Israel will come from you, one whose origins are from the distant past, and he will stand and lead his flock with the Lord's strength, in majesty of the name of the Lord his God. Then his people will live there undisturbed, for he will be highly honored around the world, and he will be the source of peace. So there we have this hope. The next candle that we lit was the candle of love. And again, we talked about how love is this important aspect of the foundation of why God gave us his son. So I wrote this down. Love, the unconditional love of God, is the foundation of the whole story of the Bible and the giving of His Son. Let's read verses 6 and 7. Take a look. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there is no guest room available for them. Here is the first Christmas, and yet it's so simple. They don't have any fancy lights, no big songs yet. That's coming later that night. Humble origins, simple room, simple clothing. What poor, humble circumstances for the King of Kings. 
the one and only true God, glorious, majestic, and holy, has come down, became a man, to meet us in our lowly, fallen state. It is God's love seen here in the giving and sending of His Son. Sent in love, born to serve and to save. Sinners like you and me. The next candle is joy. The beauty of joy. I wrote this down. Joy reflects the response that comes through the Messiah's arrival and through the salvation He has given us. Let's look at verse 8 and following here. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior is born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You shall find the baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. So we now come to the first audience who gets to hear about this great birth. The first spectators, you could call, of Christmas. And they're ordinary workers. They don't have this high social class. All the dignitaries could be there. But it's shepherds. They get to be the first witnesses of this great story. Now, I've had a few chances, four of them, opportunities, to be the first one to see my children born, even before the mom, my, my wife, got to see. I was the first one. I was like, oh, that was great. And then I, you know, we brought the babies around, each of our daughters around when they were born. And I haven't met many famous people to be the first one to see someone famous, although I consider my kids pretty important famous. But when I was 19 years old, I worked for a ministry in Appleton, Wisconsin. I was like their intern, although I wasn't an intern, it was a full-time job. I got paid 50 cents an hour. Whew, it's a lot of money. And I was just kind of the go-getter guy. At times, I had to go to the store, get this, or certain events came up. We had a special concert coming up. And they were like, Cody, you go get this artist from the airport. I said, sure. They gave me, the pastor gave me the keys, got to drive his car. Hopefully it made it there and back. That was my thought. But I got to be the first one to pick up Michael Card. Anybody ever hear of Michael Card? Okay, some of you have. To me, he was kind of famous. Here we're having this full event with Michael Card coming to Appleton, Wisconsin. And I got to be the first one to greet him, to see him. I was nervous. I even thought, what t-shirt should I wear? I'm like, who cares, you know? I remember when I picked him up. I pulled up to the airport, and he got out, and he just, he was shorter than I thought. Had this goofy kind of little hat on. He just had his stuff and a bunch of gear. And he's all right. He got in the car. We, we were like in this truck, if I recall, it was a truck. We got in this truck, and we were just driving. He was just talking like I was just a normal guy, and he was a normal guy. I just was like, this is a famous guy. Back to this story here. These are the first spectators and witnesses of this. The angels come. Showing this to be supernatural. Showing this event to be divine. And the significance of His birth. They declare that good news 
And that's what we're about. The good news, the Gospel story, the good news that will result in joy and praise for the people of Israel. Finally, that hope that they long for. The love of God now is this joy. They've been waiting for the fulfillment. But take a look at verse 11. In fact, when I was going through this, I was like, of all this story, verse 11 is the key to this whole passage. Look at how they describe Jesus. Savior. Look at these titles they give Him. A Savior. Salvation has come for His people. Look at the next title. Messiah. Here is this fulfillment of all the promises of the Old Testament. They've been anticipating it. Now the Messiah is here. Truly a reason to have joy. And Lord. Now this is very significant. Because those who were hearing this for the first time in Luke, when he wrote this, when they got this, they realized, and when the angel said this, Lord means God. So now this means God is dwelling among them. God is here. So I love that. Savior, Lord, and Messiah. The next candle is the candle of peace. Take a look here. I wrote this down. I said, peace is not about those who have goodwill as though many of us sometimes hear about Christmas. Do good things, be of goodwill, and then you'll have peace. Instead, it is about the unmerited grace of God which brings salvation and our alignment with Christ and have peace and enjoy His good will. Let's look at verse 13 and finish our passage today. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angels praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those whom His favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen Him, they spread the word concerning that what they had been told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The grace of God, which brings this great gift of salvation. Christ is this great aspect of Christmas, the main aspect to His people. Now they can enjoy favor with God. Now they can have peace. Peace is not just an absence of conflict, which we think of, but peace here is this holistic state of well-being. This shalom. Where we are restored and reconciled with God. And all of this happens because of the beauty of Christ. Christ 
truly is why we celebrate Christmas. It's interesting that Caesar Augustus, I was doing some research on him, he wanted to bring Pax Romania, which means peace to Rome. That was his goal. He failed. He died. And is still dead. That ended. Jesus, oh, He brings us lasting peace with God. So in closing, here's my encouragement to you this Christmas. Keep Christ the center of it all. Just as though we've got these candles here and there's different aspects of the Christmas season, Christ is in the center. I encourage you, if you're celebrating tonight and tomorrow and the next day, if you get a couple more days off, celebrate. Find a variety of ways to celebrate. But keep Christ in the center. My encouragement is this. Renew your hope of the promise of God. God made this promise that He would bring a Savior, and it is Christ the Lord. Grow in your love for God and others. This Christmas season, I encourage you, grow closer to God. Get to know Him through His Word, through His Son, and love others. Third, rejoice in Christ. And let others know about the peace that comes from Jesus, the Savior, the Messiah, and truly our Lord. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for the beauty of this Christmas season. I love snow. Didn't expect this much snow, but I love snow. I love food and eggnog and all the ways we celebrate. I love the Christmas hymns that we sing. I love the family gatherings. I love having family come and going places to visit. But above all, I love those aspects that we celebrate that focus our hearts on You. Today, Christmas Eve, tomorrow, Christmas Day, and every day of this year, You are the center of it all. And we praise You. And Lord, I just pray that You would bless our time as we sing a few more songs, some of these great Christmas carols. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In fact, stand. We're going to sing some more Christmas carols. You can grab your hymnals. We've got hymnals in front of you. The next one is hymn number 192. The other ones, you have to thumb around and find them.
us, Lord, at thy
I love verse 17 out of Luke chapter 2. When they had seen Him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child. Yeah, we need to go tell it on the mountain. Let others know of the great Savior that has come. He's the Messiah foretold in the Old Testament, fulfilling the promises of God. And He is God Himself who took our place where we deserve death and truly gave us salvation. So I encourage you, let others know about the great news of Christmas. Our prayers, the church, that you would enjoy this time. I know that some of you, this is a hard season. You're unable to be with loved ones. But we are in, continuing to pray for you in those situations. There's ways we can reach out to you and help you during this season. Please let us know. We would love to connect with you. Before we le- you leave, I send you. I want you to let you know that this coming Saturday night, so a week from now, New Year's Eve, Starting at 5 o'clock here at the church, we're going to have walking tacos, a simple meal. So we'll have that ready for you. Bring a meal to pass. And then throughout the night, we're going to play games and stuff in the fellowship hall. And those who can stay up late enough will greet the new year in. So if you want to join us starting at 5 o'clock, we'll have the meal here from 5 to 6, and we'll carry on through the night. So God bless you. Thanks for worshiping with us. Merry Christmas to you.